Welcome to The Specifist. Today, we're talking about politics here. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to get like too like uh, specific about any politician. Really, What I want to really do here is uh, explain the... Um, What is it? I want to look. How do I want to explain? It? How do I want to put it in words? But the uh, usefulness, uh, the uh, what's the word I hear? Hold on. Uh, basically, going into speech off. Sorry, that was a voiceover. Going into the <laughs> values. The value, not values. Values is a different thing. I'm kind of going deeper into the private hole there. But the value of liberal or left-leaning and conservative or right-leaning understandings. Uh, and the problems of going too deep in the rabbit hole of both of those understandings, which is what we mostly have right now, which is uh, kind of the problem, actually. Um, oops. Speech time recorded. Pause button. Pause button. Speech off. What the hell just happened there? But anyways, so why am I talking about this? So I think, and as far as this is concerned, when it comes to liberal and conservative viewpoints, what we have right now is a situation where conservatives don't like liberals, will not listen to them for the most part, especially if they are. Uh, adhering strongly to the Democratic Party's message, and the same is true for Democrats. Why is this? What's, what's causing this? Um, I want to go deeper into that, and eventually I want to make an episode about the differences between rabbit holes and going deep on a subject, because I think that can be confusing to people. Um, and I'll probably go into that a little bit in this episode as well, because I think that that is important to uh, kind of understand and contemplate as, as well. So, <laughs> that's a deep topic itself, because it's probably easy to, like if I do this episode without going into what what the differences are, people are probably going to go like, oh, he's in a rabbit hole when it comes to like Trump or politics and or whatever it is. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I have to admit, sometimes that's true, but I've actually um, started to realize more and more and more what is happening when it comes to politics, because if I'm able to see with a kind of like a deeper understanding of what's really happening here, with, with, with awareness, with the eyes of awareness, I guess you could call it. So this may be a multi-segmented episode. We'll just see. So, what are the values of liberals and conservatives, right? What what uh, what is the value? Not the values. Value and values are different. Values are usually more like rabbit, rabbit hole ish, like uh, family values, you know, things like this. Not saying that family values are wrong, but they're 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 more content based than what we're trying to do here. We're trying to go more structural when it comes to these these um, understandings. So, what are the values? What is the value of these two seemingly opposite sides of the same coin? 
This is something that a lot of people do not understand. And I did not understand this for a very long time as well for different reasons. And only reasons recently have I really started to really grasp this in, in a deeper way. What are the what is the value of these both both of these understandings and parties? Well, not really the parties themselves, but the uh, understandings related to the parties. Honestly, because the the parties themselves are often kind of like deep into these rabbit holes and are um I don't really want to use the word corrupt because somebody pointed out life is our reality pointed out pretty accurately that corrupt is is uh, kind of a rabbit hole in itself. But it, but they're often kind of like within their own dogmas and rabbit holes, and that's not what we want here. So I'll say liberal and conservative values to save time and, and understanding. So what is the value of liberal values? What is the point of them? What, what can we understand from them? What, is, what, what can we gleam from them, if that makes any sense? Right? So. My the first, I'll I'll just give you a couple of words. What am I? What I'm going to do actually? What am I going to do? Uh, just creating a bunch of words for the different uh, value systems, and then we'll go deeper into and, and hopefully go more practically into both of these parties to see where both are right and both have points and whatnot. Because we can go, we can go structural, but we can also go through a little content as long as we don't get stuck in the rabbit holes, which I have to admit that has to, has happened to myself and definitely can happen to anyone. It's easy to do. So I'm just going to give you a couple of words, maybe a sentence or two, as well. So the first word is compassion. Um, not that the conservatives have no compassion, but oftentimes they're they're concerned with other things that are deeper, and the compassion is in a different kind of way, but which we'll get into a little bit. Um, if you want to know more about kind of what this looks like, you can read the book, The Righteous Mind. It's a really good book. You can go into the different um, value systems and whatnot of both parties, both understandings at least. So compassion, empathy, love, understanding. Uh, Open-mindedness is important, actually. Although, to be honest with you, the uh, liberal party is is not as open-minded as they used to be. I don't know why. I don't know what's causing this, but I think it, I, my feeling, my cons my uh, reasoning, my concern for why this is happening has more to do with the internet than anything else. To be honest with you, but it also has to do with rabbit holes to a certain extent as well. Um. Concern for others, concern for mankind, concern for poverty, concern for crime, uh, for those who commit crime in, in particular. So conservatives have concern for crime, but in a different way, which isn't wrong at all, in my opinion. I think both of these, uh, um, these basic understandings are correct. I just think that when they're too deep and within their rabbit holes and they're uh, specificity, it gets to be uh, a little ridiculous, but we'll get into that in this episode, hopefully, because I want to go really, really into this. And um, for all you libertarians out there, I am not um, discounting you at all. I want to make a separate kind of episode 
on libertarianism because I've uh, started to realize some really, really interesting points about libertarianism and, and some really interesting uh, understandings of, of why libertarianism is valuable in some ways more valuable than the other, the other um, understandings because the libertarianism position Libertarian Party position, the Libertarian Party value system, uh, not necessarily the rabbit holes that libertarians can get into, because they have rabbit holes just like anybody else, but the uh, the value system that it, it is uh, caused by is under uh, less understood, less seen, uh, this kind of thing, and so it's more valuable to go into the uh, purpose and value of libertarianism as well as in, uh, as well as some other party systems, perhaps, but a lot of the other party systems are um, within the camp of uh, within the camp of liberalism or conservative conservatism conservatism. Yeah, no, that's the right word. I can't speak today for some reason, but anyways, going back into um, the liberal value system. Welfare, where welfare meaning like um, creating a moderate amount of comfort and safety for the poor, like the welfare system. You know, people are saying that, like a lot of conservatives, can make this argument that says we're living in a welfare state, that kind of thing. It's kind of what it means. Um, it's exaggerated, perhaps, but it is true and is one of the problems I think too. One of the problems with comfort uh, that this causes a lot of this comfort comes from some of this comfort com comes from liberalism. Some of it comes from conservatism, believe it or not, um, to a certain extent. But um, so let's get into some other ones here. Equal um, equality. Of course, now that's that's becoming more of a uh, conservative viewpoint because the left is is a uh, Kind of like losing, like the party itself is is kind of like going a little far left, and they're they're concerned with equal outcome, which is not the same thing as equal our opportunity. There's a lot of problems with the uh, system that's set up, and that's what they're pointing out. I'm not, I'm not, and they're not wrong, but they're uh, too deep within their own rabbit holes to uh, see the problem with what they're suggesting. Um, liberalism, I guess. Of course, the word liberalism means different things to different people. Um, you know, protection for gays. You know, it's interesting to me how these words change over time. Like the word gay used to mean happy. It's funny how that now means somebody who is a uh, a homosexual. I don't know why I don't like that word that much. It, it just sounds like. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels offensive to say the word homosexual. I don't know why that is. It's funny as hell. It just means, like, it, it's too descriptive. <laughs> I don't get it. It's funny, though. Um, it's not like I'm, like, super offended by the word. Like, no, you shouldn't say the word. But it's just like, wow. That word is just way too strong of a word. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it is. Um... You know, there's a compassion for all. That that 
like the ideal uh, liberalism, the ideal, uh, the ideal liberal understanding, the word liberal that we mean anyways anymore is um, compassion for all, uh, welfare for all, right? Of course, it's impossible, but that's that's another episode. It is it is helpful, and it it's something to tr- strive for, but it's not it's never going to really be completely possible. Honestly, but um, um, democratic ideals like sometimes I've noticed that conservative ideal, conservative rabbit hole type people uh, can become a bit dictatorish with their ideals, with their with not with their ideals, but with their uh, policies. Like Bush was very much kind of tyrant, uh, in a lot of ways, kind of dictatorial when it comes to the war in Iraq and things like this. A lot of people want to say Trump was, in some ways he was, but in some ways it was like overblown. But, um, typically the left I've noticed is not as authoritarian. That has changed a little bit for some weird reason within the last five, ten years. But, like, I've noticed that there is a difference between the party left anymore, the Democratic Party and the left anymore. Like, the left is very much still, depending on where you are in the spectrum, uh, is usually less authoritarian, but I've seen a lot of left that has become more and more of the left, especially those who uh, kind of toe the uh, party line, so to speak, of the Democratic Party, is, are more authoritarian than they than you know, the left that I used to know, the left that used to be so uh, prominent, but <clears throat> that's another episode. <laughs> but uh, liberal ideas, meaning liberation, liberation in some way, right? Less, less authority, not necessarily less government, but less like... Um, Force, you know, less military, less police, or maybe less violent police, less forceful police, you know, this kind of thing. Am I saying they're they're wrong for doing that? No, I don't think they're wrong. I think they're, they're sometimes can be it can be a little exaggerated, but that's another episode in itself. So less police, less. Um, of a need for war, like if you're into war, depending on how strongly left you are, how strong libertarian left you are, you're not going to be interested in war. It's kind of thing, right? Uh, less restrictions of freedom. You know, I can see a lot of uh, the left, most of the left probably even being against Legalize or illegalizing marijuana, for instance, and both conservatives being against the idea of legalizing marijuana for different reasons, which we'll go into in a little bit. Um, equal. Um, sorry. Cooperation over competition, which is why we have um, some of the. Uh, Companies that we have, the lot of the uh, situations we have in certain um, 
states and whatnot. <laughs> it's interesting how these two things create different results, but cooperation over competition, you know, because it, of the whole love and compassion thing. Um, see, think of anything if there's anything else I can think of here. But those are basically the useful values of the left, and I want to go into why that is in this episode or in separate episodes if it takes that amount of uh, understanding. Because this is very deep, and there's a lot of broad uh, concepts here. So economic cooperation, right? Cooperation over competition, over uh, like what we're seeing right now with Putin is very like, Extremely conservative, and not conservatives as, as in like Republican, like we have now, but conservatives is like extremely conservative with threats and extremely like, uh, you know, because it's stage red, there's way more um, conservatism and there's what and whatnot. And I'll get into what I mean by this in a little bit because there's a certain value system, there's certain, there's a certain, uh, uh, understanding that goes into this. So, I think I've covered the, the basic uh, good values of the liberal side, the liberalism, the liberalist side, the liberal side, whatever you want to call it, the left. So, let's go into more of the conservative value system, by the valuable ones. Without going too do too deep into value, uh, to rabbit holes and going into structure, so first one is accountability. This kind of counters some of the uh, left's positions and and values because the left is kind of more concerned with cooperation and more concerned with compassion and love, and sometimes that leads to a lack of accountability for certain reasons. Not saying it's wrong, but sometimes you know this this is what you get when you're a bit imbalanced. I've been there, so I know how this kind of works. Accountability. Uh, threats. No, safety. Uh, maybe not necessarily safety, but like threats. Like, usually I've noticed that the more conservatives you tend to be, become, as there's actually a... Uh, there was actually a video that was going into this a little bit. I forget what it was called. I wish I could find it so I can share it because it was really interesting. But there was a video explaining how the the liberal brain, the left leading brain, the left wing brain is different from the right wing brain. God damn it! And uh, one of the big differences was threat assessment. Usually, the left brain, left like me, left leaning brain, is not concerned with threats. Like if if a bear comes, you know, maybe the left wing person will react, but they won't be as concerned with that and look for that and and be as concerned with dealing with that before it comes. You know, like the right wing person, I can see a lot of right-wing people being like the preppers that people always talk about like where the people are always they're they're creating like these bunker systems and they're buying food for like 30 years uh to store in this in this bunker like dry food and stuff 
uh, because the right is more concerned with threat assessment. The more the, the in particular dealing with threats in the now and the future. Like if you're dealing with if you uh, want to stop a threat from happening, like terrorism, for instance, you you would you would want a right wing person involved to a certain extent. I think you would want a left-wing person to mediate the situation, to keep it from being too imbalanced, but you would want a right-wing person involved to go, you have to become aware that this this is going to happen again, and it may even happen somewhere else that we're not expecting, like, you know, and it could be worse, you know, this kind of thing. And so they, they prepare. The right can kind of overreact as far as that goes because they're very, they can be very tuned into this. Um, situation, and I just want to. Uh, um, you can call it security or uh, safety, but I think that's more the left wing style, right? So I, I'll call it what I want to call it is threat assessment because that's what it is. It's threat assessment. That's why the right wing is usually more in support of the Second Amendment because typically the right lives in like rural areas. They have to deal with bears and different things like this. You know, like ban abolishing guns sounds good if you're like in a city because you don't have to deal with bears, right? And you don't have to worry about dealing with cops. You can probably have, like if you call the cops, they can probably reach you in about three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. But if you're in a more rural area, you can't, like it, you, you can call the cops, but it may take them an hour to get there. And if you're dealing with a violent person or a bear, you, you, you can't just call the cops. What are you going to do, call the cops and wait? Like, if you have no guns, if everybody has to get rid of their guns because the guns are banned, what are you going to do? Like, if you, if you have no guns, which is what some of these people want, uh, and you, okay, so you go, okay, I'm going to call the cops. Call the cops. There's a there's a bear here, you know. Call call wild, wildlife services or whatever, right? Okay, let me call wildlife services. Oh wait, no, they're going to be an hour too. They're going to be forty minutes instead. But but while you're sitting there, that bear is getting closer and closer and closer to you, and it's going to attack you. Maybe you know it's a possibility. And so the left, the right is usually more concerned with the the segment amendment because of this issue. Um, right. If you are more right wing, you can tell me how I'm wrong here. I want to find out myself. I might be wrong here, but typically this is what I've noticed. And, and I definitely understand the, the uh, sentiment. I don't disagree with the, the idea, to be honest with you, because I, I agree with having guns to a certain extent. Um, I don't agree with banning guns. I think it's more about like, training than anything like if you because a lot of the problems have to do with accidents honestly like if you're if you're in a city there's probably more of a chance that you might hit somebody that you don't want to hit by accident than you than there is of you hitting like um the the intended target like you're the murderer or the violent person or the robber or whatever <sighs> um <clears throat> you know this kind of thing. So I think there, 
should be some training involved. Maybe like strong training, like like not military training, but like a little bit of training so you don't so at least you at least can hit the target that you're trying to hit. I mean, I know a lot of the left is going to be like, but you're going to be training murderers too, you know? Yeah, well, murderers aren't usually aren't usually concerned with um, owning legal guns. Usually, they, especially like the gang members, are buying illegalized guns. You know, guns are like they they take the basically what what they do. It depends on the kind of guns too, but what they can do is they uh, file the serial number off with like acid or with certain metal instruments and whatnot. And so now it's untraceable. You can't, you literally can't figure out who made the gun. There's ways around that forensically, but it's, it, it, it depends on the gun. It's kind of difficult sometimes. Um, but that doesn't tell you who owns it now. Like, even if you can do that, it tell, still doesn't tell you who owns it because the owner is not going to do that. That's so that the uh, new person has anonymity, basically. You know, because the gun is stolen in some way, or maybe it's uh, sold and then sold again and then done that way, and you know that kind of thing, right? So banning guns isn't going to stop illegal guns. By the way, you may think it it will, but it may not necessarily completely, if not at all. Um, that's another episode. So. So, what are some other conservative, sorry, what what are some other conservative values? Uh, Independence, autonomy, um, I mean, those are more libertarian, but there's the conservatism that is involved in that as well. Self-reliance, responsibility. Um, Equality, the left, so... The, the left and the right, as far as it can be described, what are those terms even mean anymore, have different um, meanings when it comes to this word equality. Um, for the left, equality is uh, concerned with flattening the curve, where, like, the poor is... Uh, you know, not going to be as poor as you know, the rich person. The rich person is going to be taxed heavily so that the poor person uh, or the middle class person become can become less poor and things like this. Uh, so the other, the, the right side is uh, concerned with equality, uh, proportionality. Meaning that you have a situation where, so you would expect a situation at work, right? Uh, so let's say you have a situation where you have two workers. One of them works, you know, not very much and complains about what he works on and, and what he does. The other one, doesn't do this and uh, 
and actually works hard and gets more and more done is, is more effective at what he does. The, the right wing position is to reward that hardworking person and not the, uh, the lazy person, right? <clears throat> Which is correct, you might be asking, right? I might want to go, I might, I might end up making, or uh, going into that in this episode, because I think both are and have good points, but I think uh, oftentimes we over-rely on both of these. The left over-relies on theirs, and the right can kind of go into the extremes of that as well, to a certain extent. Um, so there's a fiscal responsibility, which... Honestly, they never really... It's really interesting. Um, so there's a responsibility going on here. Uh, as far as it goes, there's, you know, there's a need to be held accountable, this kind of thing. Which is why you typically see more competition in the right. You know, competition versus cooperation. Cooperation was left, and competition is right to a large extent, to a certain extent. There's there's a lot of protectionism and, and whatnot, but that ba that's based on the, the uh, threat assessment, or the threat of uh, losing jobs and having a poorer economy because we don't tariff these countries or whatever. Um, I'm not saying that that's a, the right choice, but that's the idea behind it um, so poverty isn't considered uh, to be see I think the left and the right have different ideas about, uh, about poverty honestly like the left sees the poverty as bad um, while the right just understands that poverty is, um, always going to be a thing. Like, honestly, we're, we're, it's really interesting to me. Because, you know, if you look back 2,000 years ago, they probably had a completely different situation with poverty. Um... Like most of the people probably were poor, you know, there was a lot more work you had to do. There's a lot of uh, problems. Um, and so there's always going to be that bar that's going to be raised. And that's what that's what I think uh, can kind of get ignored with the left because they, they want to get rid of poverty. But the thing about that is that the, the more that you raise the bar... Of poverty, um, the more that that bar still is there. There's still going to be poor people and rich people. Um, and it depends on how you do it, why you do it. I want to go deeper into this in another episode, perhaps. But so the right has a, uh, you know, you have to figure this out for yourself. Kind of thing. We can help you maybe, teach you or whatever, but it has to be done yourself, personally, right? 
because otherwise you can become too dependent on others. And, and that is something that I definitely think is overlooked on the left because they're more concerned with loving actions, what they consider to be loving actions. Um, I made an episode a while back, it was last year, kind of like debunking this idea that loving actions were a thing, like loving actions had to be in a specific kind of way, because I think both of these uh, parties, in a sense, have the, these loving actions, but one is perhaps a little bit more overt with it, has more of that typical loving action thing that people would consult, consider. Well, the other one is it's not as overt. It's it's more um, a kind of like this is what you can do kind of thing. It's more it's not as masculine, but it is more masculine. It's more like hard, and in a sense, because you know life is hard. You know, life is not as easy as the left might want it to be, or the left might want to claim it to be. You know, this kind of thing. And of course, let the um, right can overreact with that. You know, can take it to their extremes and whatnot for various reasons. So, the right might have a. Uh, preference for more um, harsh, harsher sentences, depending on the sentence too, I guess, but because the the left, and this is part of the problem, I think, because both are kind of missing the mark, I think, but the left, what the left tries to do with criminals is try and do the compassionate thing where it's like, oh, you know, we, we can't, you know, make things worse for you make we can't make you suffer you know we're we're dealing with like in in uh certain places in california they don't even put them in jails and prisons or if they do it's not like uh like drug offenses and stuff aren't dealt with properly and so it's causing big homeless problems and drug problems and um all kinds of other problems in like san francisco and places like this because it's not dealt with right. But the right can go extreme with that as well. Um, honestly, I think both are kind of missing the mark on this one. Because I think it, you have to have a bit of both as far as this goes. But you have to know how to uh, balance both as well. I think that's true for all of these policies, honestly. these All of these uh, values. These values. This. Um, these. Uh, Ideas, these these ideals, because otherwise, what you have is a, a situation where <clears throat> one side relies too heavily on their viewpoint, their political viewpoint causes rabbit holes and causes uh, a decline in balance and wisdom. You know, either side can do this and is in a lot of ways doing this now as well. We're kind of seeing in a lot of ways with uh, <coughs> politics. 
So I'm going to end this here. I'm going to go into some, hopefully I'm going to go into some more practical examples and how I think that a lot of these ideals can work if done properly and whatnot. Of course, there's other ideas that I find more important, but I'll talk about that in another episode. So, anyways, see you in the next segment. So, the other value I forgot for the conservative was the the, uh, the sanctity and purity uh, metric. So, if you've ever read the, the Righteous Mind, you know what I'm talking about. There, there's a there's a book by uh, I believe he's a uh, I can't I can't remember what he is, but um, basically, this book is about the differences between liberals and conservatives as far as morals are concerned. Uh. Um, you know, liberals tend to score higher on care and fairness, uh, and conservatives score high on things like loyalty. Uh, authority uh, and uh, sanctity or purity and loyalty is just like you know one of the reasons why you have more Republicans being loyal to their party or their government and uh, you know authority is you know kind of obvious and sanctity and purity is, is about like what is right like there might be something that you might not want to do because they are uh, sinful in some way, or maybe not necessarily the words. I don't know if I'd use the word sinful, but they they are uh, objectively, uh, morally uh, unethical or uh, bad, basically, according to the, the this kind of model where there's a bunch of things that you shouldn't do, you know, like you. Uh, there are certain certain countries where you you um if you eat with your like left hand or whatever uh, or certain tribes or whatever if you eat with your left hand that's considered bad luck and you're you're considered to be evil or whatever things like this it's it depends on where you are and how this kind of goes into play so what I want to do here is go over some examples of all of these things. <laughs> Because I don't think that these these um, these value systems are wrong at all. I think they're missing the mark. I don't think there's a, there's enough uh, wisdom and, and like deep think, thinking. But that's that's another episode in itself. Um, maybe I'll, I'll do a, uh, my own version of conscious politics instead of actualized version. But uh, that's a future episode probably. But anyways, so. Let's get into some positions here. Why they work, why they might not work, you know, how... Um, so, basically, when it comes to these parties, you got to understand that the parties aren't... Uh, the, the positions aren't bad. Like, the values are... Honestly, they have some valuable points and whatnot. The problem happens when... 
you get to, in too much of a rabbit hole within your particular party and you focus too much on the, partic- the particulars rather than the general value systems themselves. And that's where we run into problems. And I want to go into this in this episode because I'm, I'm really like getting tired of both parties here. They're, both parties are just not willing to communicate and cooperate because they're too focused on the particulars of their party system. But that's... <laughs> That's where that's where I differ from most people. Anyways, but that's another episode and as well. But uh position positions. So an obvious one for the left is economic cooperation versus economic co- uh, competition uh for more conservative libertarian minded people. Um the left has a a point. I don't think it's wrong. I think it is actually it is correct. Um, but like I said, the problem happens when you focus too much on the particulars. But that says that competition causes uh, more uh, avarice and greed and and less love and and whatnot. And that's causing people problems and things like this. It's it's I'm I'm kind of broad. I'm generalizing here a little bit so so that we can kind of get through all of this because there's a lot of things to kind of go over, right? Um, while the right sees competition as uh, a means to innovation, I think both these are correct. I don't think that one precludes another. Um, it just depends on the particulars. That's the, that's where we run into problems. People focus too much on one particular. Uh, thing or, or situation or whatever it is, right? Uh, so, kind of another example of like, kind of an example of sanctity and purity is uh, the sanctity of life, right? You know, like the conservatives usually tend to be pro-life and don't like the fact that abortions exist and whatnot. Of course, the left is pro-choice, usually, typically, not always, but usually that seems to be how this kind of, kind of thing goes. Um, and so the, uh, the right has the moral, uh, understanding, even obligation, even, that says that abortion is wrong because you're killing life, and you're, and life is sacred because, you know, God and religion and stuff like this. Usually I've noticed that more, uh... Republican, more more conservative people are more religious. Not always. I think there there are some uh, exceptions, but this t- tends to be true to a certain extent. Um, <clears throat> and I think the reason why is because usually the conservatives are more concerned with sanctity and purity in the first place. It's not because conservatives are just better at being religious. I think it's just because they focus on different aspects of life. Um, that make this kind of a priority. So, um, as with all things, I think the balance is not being extreme. So, my position on this is that when it comes to abortion, there's there's many other opportun- uh, ways of dealing with not being pregnant before it happens. Like most people 
could probably get in, uh, you know, you know, before doing the dirty, if you want to call it that. Um, that's also based on sanctity and purity, by the way. But anyways, before doing the dirty, you can you can actually protect yourself. You know, wearing condoms or birth control or there's the uh, the morning after pills and stuff like this. And so there's other ways of dealing with. Of course, there typically I've noticed that conservatives are against. Not all, but like the more extreme you get, the more they're against things like even birth control, which honestly is not. Like, this is why I don't. I try not to focus too much on particulars because it's easy to like uh, see. And I want to get into this in the end of this episode because this is really getting ridiculous um, because people are focusing too much on the particulars. But what, what is happening is because you get too fo- so focused on the uh, particulars, you cannot see through your own story about it. You can't see through, you can't see your way to uh, you know, agreeing with other people's particulars. You know, people think abortion is right or wrong. We can talk about that. But if you want to... Uh, Illegalize abortion after like four weeks or whatever. You know, that's a particular. Is it right or wrong? I mean, it depends, I guess, on on your on your definition, and it depends on how you acted before that. Like, if you did anything else, anything, everything you could to avoid this uh, pregnancy, but it still happened. You know, perhaps that's an argument as well, right? Um, but the the problem with uh, particulars is that you you can get so stuck in content, you can get so stuck in your story. This is why I don't focus on particulars in this episode, in my uh, podcast very often. And a lot of people like to focus on particulars, like oh, you should go out, you should be more social, you should uh, also watch listening to an episode from from Life Is Our Reality, just talking about like doing this. And I'm not against it, but this is why I. I don't necessarily focus on, on uh, particulars um, in that kind of way. Like, if I do so, it's in more of a, like, this might work, or this is how this seems to work, you know, structurally. I usually go after it so structurally and not uh, using morals and content and stories. Go, no, this is bad because... This is uh, causing problems. I've done that before, and that doesn't really work. It causes problems. Uh, and I want to go into this, because this is getting ridiculous with the, with both parties falling prey to this problem. Um, and I want to go into why that is as well, to a certain extent. So, abortion is the left's attempt to prevent people who are uh, poor from dealing with something that they can't really deal with very well, right? And the right, the, the the abortion argument is more about, like, morals. Like, are you, is this thing life? Is it really life? Is it, like, a sentient being that you're getting rid of? Or whatever it is. You know, some people say that pro-lifers usually, like, focus so much on the baby, the unborn baby, that they don't focus on the baby when it's born, and the child, and... And, and whatnot, and then they have to grow up and learn for themselves. But that's only because they, they're seeing it from the left perspective of 
equality um, and not proportionality, which is, <clears throat> like I said, I don't think, um, I think both of these are correct. But like I said, if you get too focused on the uh, particulars and the content and the uh, rigidness of those particulars, you, you fall into problems and you start losing sight of what's important about these value systems in the first place. Um, so, <sighs> taxes. The poor, the uh, left usually wants to tax the rich. Tax the rich. The poor, the uh, the, the poor. The right wants to uh, not tax the rich as much. Uh, I think both are both can have both have uh, merits to them. To be honest with you. Um, the left wants to tax the rich to help the poor in some way, tax the rich more than it is. And the right doesn't because the if you if you if you don't tax the rich as much, it'll improve the economy. Like it think of it this way, right? Like if you if you um make ten million dollars your business makes ten million dollars and you tax half of that, that means you can only spend Five million dollars to do whatever that you want to do, which helps the economy, which can help the poor, because you're hiring people, you're hiring poverty-stricken people, perhaps, right? Um, and so you you can you can make the argument that having a less tax on the rich actually helps improve the economy, improve the po- po- uh, the poor, in certain cases, right? Um, of course, I've, I've, I've always had a different opinion about the poverty of the, uni- of, of, uh, you know, the world. To be honest with you, you're never going to get rid of poverty. You're never going to find a time where you're like, oh yeah, poverty is gone. It's never happening. You know, because once you eliminate part of the poverty, you, you raise the bar. You're like, no, that's not enough. Uh, non-poverty, we need less, we need zero poor, we need zero who are dealing with struggles. It's like, well, that's, you know, very admirable, and I I like the sentiment, and it would be something to try and strive for one day, but it's not that simple, and to be honest with you, it's probably not even possible um, in the first place. Of course, the problem, too, is that we, we have... We set our standards too high for things. Um, I might make an episode about this, but this is something that I'm really starting to realize. Um, kind of going back into comfort here. Because what people do is they... So, 50 years... For the past 50 years, things have been better than they've ever been. Right? The economy is pretty good, or better than it was. Trump had a good economy. You have Biden's economy isn't the greatest, but I don't know if it's completely Biden or partially Biden. I think some of it may be, but some of it also is uh, just really bad policies in general. But that's that's another episode. Um, and so, what what I mean by this is that we we stand up, set our standards too high. Is that we. Uh, there's just a kind of an idea that I actually heard from uh, libertarian 
it was interesting. I forget exactly how it was phrased. So I'm gonna accept it. I'm probably gonna mess it up a little bit. But basically, the idea about the economy is that desires are unlimited, but resources are limited, and so that creates the economy and how the economy works. It kind of functions the economy. Um, and so I think what's happening is that we have grown grown so used to luxuries in life that, and I've talked about this in the episode about interconnectedness of the first one, or no, it was the second one, I think. Um, and I want to go deeper into this in the third episode. I want to make a third one on this subject again, going into interdependence because it can be misunderstood very easily, but, uh, but, you know, 50 years ago, our standards of living were way lower than they are now. Shelter, whatever it is, right? And I'm not saying that we should we should not have higher standards, but the problem is that we expect these higher standards. And we, uh, you know, instead of, you know, minimizing ourselves, we try and maximize, which, and then... Because we do that, we demand higher, even higher standards and even higher standards. And that, that, that doesn't work. It's not helping us. Because there's no such thing as infinite economic growth. Some people want to say there is. Like, people want to say that, like, uh, because we, we're dealing with the online now, that because of the online communities, we have infinite economic growth. But that's not true because you have, in order to have an online app, you have to have servers, which cost resources and money and, uh, and, you know, rare earths and all this other stuff, you know, computers, and all these things are not unlimited. So it's not, it's not completely unlimited. It is probably more unlimited than it would normally be, but it is not unlimited. Not at all. I don't think anything is unlimited, to be honest with you. Some people, some economy people like to say that some things are more unlimited, but that's probably not completely true unless you're talking about desires but that's you know kind of where I think we fall into this trap of expecting higher standards and it's it's not good it's not good for us and it's not good for our health and our well-being to have these higher standards because like for instance get a good example right let's say you start off by having a standard that says I would like to be calmer so you maybe find quieter places to be. You you don't go to noisier places as much. You know things like this, right? But then your standards rise up to a certain point. Now I would like to be more excited, not just calmer. And so now you're you expect yourself to go out, spend money at fancy places or you know, for drinks or whatever. Uh, and then eventually you reach a point where you're like, no, this isn't enough anymore. I want to get something more. Now, this phone looks cool. This this iPad, this Apple Watch looks really cool. And so you get that. And you're like, oh, yeah, this was nice. This is really nice. And then you realize, oh, wait, I need a computer. I want a computer. I want a television. I want, and, and it just starts increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing because you're, you're, you're setting standards too high, basically. And that's causing you to struggle. Um, it's, it's, it's sad, man. 
It's re- it's really sad. But anyways, <laughs> that's another episode. It really is. That could be something I could talk about for hours, and it would it would probably be boring to most people because it's not. Like I could probably make an, a ten minute episode on it, and it would make more sense. But we'll see how that when when I do that. I don't know when I'm going to do that one, but I want to do that one eventually because it is important. I think it's something that can be kind of misunderstood, not a practiced. That's why I like the idea of minimalism, but I think minimalism can go a little extreme sometimes too. I think finding a balance between extreme minimalism and extreme high standards in this kind of way. Whatever your high standards are, they don't have to be like materialistic high standards, like more phones or more watches, but like high standards in your productions of your episodes or whatever or whatever it is um so economic cooperation versus competition right so typically I've noticed that the left now this isn't as true as it used to be. I don't know what's happening with the left right now. I think the problem is that they're focusing too much on their own particulars, which is something I want to talk about because I think both sides have this really big problem, and I want to talk about accountability and how, and also because it's it's so dumb. But one of the things that the left used to be really very good at was being open minded, more open minded, and the right mean being more. Uh, closed-minded, and there's reasons for both of these reasons, and I and I agree with both of these reasons. Because it's not about like finding one of these positions and like going to them and just their particulars, but so they get too much in their particulars and they kind of lose focus of what really matters about their value system. So open-mindedness versus closed-minded. What's what's the value, the purpose of open-mindedness and closed-mindedness? Open-mindedness helps you to gain more perspectives, more understanding, more compassion of others. Um, you know, one of the things I try and do is to not get in somebody's shoes emotionally and through their story, but like mentally, like how, why would this person be this way? What What causes that? You know, it's not something that I always remember to do, but it's something that I try and do and do more and more often for various reasons because I think it helps to understand what's happening um, and why people do what they do. And conservatives are not not all of them, but can tef- can definitely embody the, the aspects of closed-mindedness. Why? What, what causes this? So I'm trying to make this episode a little... I'm trying to uh, do this really quickly because we're running close to an hour here. Uh, so I'm going to run through a couple of these in a minute once I get through this one. And then I'll get into uh, the problems I see with the world in this shit because it's getting ridiculous. But anyways, why closed-mindedness? Well, like I said before, conservatives are usually more concerned with threat assessment what does that mean? It means that. So, if you run, if you find yourself face to face with a bear, or if you see a bear coming, liberal is not going to know what to do. They might try and run away. They might hide. They might be 
frightened. A more conservative-minded person might feel frightened, but because they are more aware of threat assessment in this kind of way, uh, they're able to kind of deal with the situation perhaps more calmly than somebody who, who doesn't know that as much. This kind of thing. So closed-mindedness is a way of protecting themselves against these kinds of threats. You know, because if you're too open-minded, you can find yourself, and this is something that sometimes happens, um, uh, you can find yourself believing in conspiracy theories, you can find yourself being conned, scammed, uh, and, and corrupted and manipulated and well, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> but if you're too close-minded, going back to liberal position, position here, you aren't able to... Um, understand people you're not even understand, able to understand yourself, especially if you do something that you think is morally detestable for various reasons, you know, this kind of thing, right? Um, so, <sighs> risk, uh, or threat assessment versus, there's actually a, um, an interesting kind of correlation between this to a certain extent. Um, self-expression versus uh, what was the word that they used survival expression something like that I forget exactly what the words were they used but it was uh, it was a there's like a value survey that these people do every four years for like past 40 years it's actually pretty amazing and they basically came up with like two different like uh ways in which people see the world and, and, and view it and view how to deal with it and whatnot and what to do in the, in the world and whatnot, right? First one is kind of more of a survival-oriented, like, you know, eat, you know, deal with threats. You know, maybe that means you, you overreact because I think conservatives can kind of overreact because they're, they're very much into threat assessment versus the, the more self expression creating uh, liberal type position where it's like not as concerned or at, at concerned at all with survival and in this kind of more physical way and more concerned about self-expression that's why you always see people talk about you know like if you're you know gay or LGBT or whatever speak out you know be heard and you know, all this kind of thing um I think both positions are right, actually. Because survival is important. Like, if you don't know how to defend yourself, or you don't know how to deal with people in, in these kinds of states, uh, especially violent ones, you know, stage-red ones, you will fall victim to them, and you might be manipulated and conned and scammed and all this other kind of stuff. But if you're too stuck in survivalism, you might be feeling too much fear, might be struggling too much because life might start seeming like a horrible place, an unpleasant place, you know, this kind of thing, right? So I think there's a there's a balance between both of these, like always. It's always about balance around here with this channel, as you've noticed. So, uh, now I want to go into some, some problems here. Some really, 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 um you know, the problem with seeing and, and 
focusing on the particulars over the value system itself. See, what we're dealing with right now in this country, in the United States especially, is two-party systems, two sides, the left and right, who cannot understand each other, who will not get along with each other for the most part. There There are some exceptions and whatnot, but that's what's happening. And it's all because people are focusing too much on the particulars. You know, abortion is the answer. Well, abortion should be illegalized. It's not, it's not like I'm saying that you shouldn't have those positions. But honestly, what are you doing? Like, if you really believe in these positions, which maybe you do, right? What are you doing to kind of create some kind of outrage with others who disagree in certain ways to help them understand what's going on. You know, not in like a negative way, like, oh, you're bad, you're wrong. That's what most people are doing right now. But in like a, you know, let's try and figure this out together kind of way. There's two basic ways of dealing with people. Logically, which actually is uh, in some ways what people are trying to do now, and emotionally. You know, like, why do you feel this way? What What's causing you would think this way. Can we find some kind of compromise? Because it's not about focusing on the particulars. Uh, there's a there's a quote from the Bible that I really like. It's uh, paraphrasing a little bit, but basically the quote is, when I was a child, I did childish things. I spoke and acted in childish ways. But when I was a man, or a woman, or whatever, um... The, the quote said man, but when I was a man, I uh, I stopped acting like a, a child, thinking like a child, doing things like, like a child. And I hate to be this this guy, but that's not what we're seeing right now. We're not seeing adults. We're seeing both sides act like children. Both sides not willing to meet in the middle somewhere. You know, there's like this really, uh, there's this interesting point, this position that says that if you aren't willing to stand up your ground against uh, these people or whatever, you're you're weak. But I don't think that's true. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand your ground and and hold to what you believe in. That's not what I'm talking about, and I want to go into that a little bit in a minute. But that's, that's not what makes you stronger. I mean, it can be if you do it right. But if you do it wrongly, which is what we're seeing now, it makes you weaker. You're focused on rabbit holes. You're focused so much on the particulars that you're, you're neglecting the entire whole as a result. Um, it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's pathetic, actually, because both parties have potentials here. I mean, I think both parties are wrong in a lot of ways. Both parties are... Uh, don't understand the entire spectrum, but that's something that could be fixed. But because both parties focus so much on these goddamn particulars, nothing gets done and nobody wants to work with each other. And so now people are talking about civil war and all these other things. Now it's time to be held accountable for your bullshit. Because both sides have caused this for themselves. Um, the left, 
even though they might hate to hear somebody say this, caused Trump. They caused Trump because they were so focused on their own particulars to a certain extent. Not all of them. Like Obama was a little better in some ways. Um, that Trump came along. And the right caused Biden to be elected because they were so focused on Trump and the particulars of Trump that they couldn't see the problems with Trump. Some of them can, but a lot of these diehards Trump supporters cannot see it. And it's like, that's causing people to vote the other way. That's, that's, that's your fault. That's your fault. Both sides are at fault for this. It's, it's so sad. And both sides, it's funny too, the uh, Republicans tend to talk more about accountability. But I don't always often see it pointed towards themselves when it comes to this. Because it's just like, you're... So, to, to kind of understand this, right? And I don't mean to like bash any party here. I, I actually like both parties in some ways. But the problem is, you, the, the fucking parties are so focused on these particulars that none of them can agree. None of of them will get along with each other. And so, both parties are children. Both, both, Both of these people, both of these groups are children. When I was a child, I acted like a child. I thought as a child. Um, and that's what we're seeing. It's, it's, it's pathetic. Because, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not saying that you shouldn't make waves and you shouldn't um, stand your ground. I'm saying to not focus on these particulars so much. This is what's get, causing you problems. It's not, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think the problem is liberals and conservatives. But because people have always had these problems. If it wasn't liberals and conservatives, it was always religion against religion certain religious sects, sects against other religious sects. Um, and the reason why is because they focus so goddamn heavily on these particulars that they can't get anything done with each other. They can't get along with each other. If they have so many of these particulars that they have to have met, if they're not met, if the, the other side disagrees, you can have an argument, you can have debates, you're going to have constant uh, angers and disappointments, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a bunch of children who cannot become accountable to themselves and become aware of how they are contributing to this problem. These people need to grow up and, because to be honest with you, when you stand your ground, to be honest with you, I don't think it's about focusing on these particulars, like, oh, we should be defunding the police, right? This, this particular of the left, for instance. The sentiment is where you get tripped up. I'm not saying that the police is great or anything. You can, we can talk about the police and how the police causes problems and how you, they may be a little too overreacting and whatnot, right? That's, that's, like, that's a discussion we can have. But if you say to defund the police, that clearly is a particular. That's a particular that you you are pretty much probably going to be dead set on. 
And so nobody can agree with you. Nobody's going to be able to come to a conclusion together. But if you say police causes a lot of problems, you know, maybe they're a little too violent sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe conservatives could actually get behind that and, and agree and do something with you. But because you do, don't do it this way, you fail to actually get anything done. Or if you do get it done, it's very, like, non-unitous and very um, disharmonious, which is, uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's so sad. It's so fucking pathetic. Excuse my language. It is. It's pathetic. These people act like children. They're so concerned with these particulars that they don't realize what they're doing to their own, uh, their, their own um, party, their own value system. And this is where I this is this is why I don't like where a lot of politicians and politics go today because that, that's all they do. And Trump did the same thing. This is where this is where it all comes down to. Focusing on these damn particulars over anything else. The uh, left did it in other ways as well. Kept saying, saying claiming that Trump was uh, colluding with Russia and. They kept claiming all this stuff, and it was like, you know, despite even the fact that the Mueller report just did, denied all of that, to, to a large extent. <clears throat> um, but because of that, nobody agreed on the particulars of that. Doesn't agree, the right doesn't agree. <sighs> um, but what the left is pointing to is the uh, meetings, but the meetings that certain f- figures had with Russian people, not, but not necessarily the Russian government. I don't. That's the that's one mistake I think people make. They assume that if you're meeting a Russian, it's the Russian government. Uh, they did the same thing with the uh, the Russian troll factories. They were saying, "Oh, this 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 company is uh, and tweeting and and you know manipulating elections by." Treating pro and anti-Trump stances and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, but it, if is that Russia, Russian government, or is that just the Russian people? That's not the same thing at all, necessarily. Um, of course, we've been pretty anti-Russian and and for for a very long time, anyways. Um, I'm not saying Russia is innocent, but it's about like the problem is these particulars. You're so focused on the particulars that, I mean, if it, it, it's almost like if I were to uh, come on this podcast and say to you, a spiritual person, you should not be focused on the law of attraction or you should not be focused on enlightenment. But I don't say that. I never have said that. I've said that enlightenment is a trap. I think it causes a lot of traps for people and a lot of struggle and a lot of uh, suffering that is unnecessary. But I wouldn't tell you to not focus on it. That's the difference. Focusing on the, focus, focusing on the aspects and the problems with it, but not the particulars of saying, no, you shouldn't do this. That's the mistake. That's the problem. It's all about accountability here. It's all about understanding that both sides have contributed to this problem. 
And it's sad. It's so sad to me how both parties have lost, both, both groups here have lost their fucking minds because they're so focused on these little rabbit holes that they enter where it's like, oh, you're, you're, you're a, you're a far left person. You want to defund the police. It's like, the sentiment is way too extreme, but the, the, uh, the general points are right in some ways. I think the police can go a little bit far. But, not, but to find a police, maybe that is, that is definitely an extreme. That's the problem. We have no politicians going into things. Generally, they have to make these specific... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Specific statements like, oh, you know, illegal, uh, illegal immigrants committed a crime. You know, they, they entered the country illegally. You know, it's like, yeah, but that's not the same thing as like, committing a crime like... Uh, rape or violence. I mean, it's still a crime, but it's not actually in the same category, but that's what it sounds like when you're saying that. It's like, that's not what that means. I mean, it's like, it's, it, would, it would be like if I uh, uh, saw somebody, so apparently it's actually illegal. I don't know if this is still true, by the way, but um, if you actually accessed a, a hotspot, a Wi-Fi hotspot in the past, I believe it's actually illegal to do so. Because it, it actually interferes with the, um, like, there's some weird laws about, like, if you, you can't interfere with a, um, any, any, uh, electronics or IP addresses. But when you do that, you actually interfere with the, the Wi-Fi signals. But it's really interesting, like, this kind of, like, particular, right? Um... <clears throat> And by the way, I'm not saying to not focus on particulars. I'm saying to not make it the only or the 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 largest focus the largest focus of the particulars, um, because if you make it the, the largest focus, you you you're you're in a rabbit hole. You're stuck, and you can't get unstuck. Um, so if you. Uh, well, you can get unstuck, but it takes a lot of work. I was there. I know how that works. I was in those camps of particulars. Where it's like, oh, you know, the left is bad and it's causing all these problems. It's like, yeah, but those are those are problems that we can fix. We have to just be more general sometimes. I'm all about specificity, but it's all about specificity in a very, like, structural aspect kind of way. Uh, and I want to make an episode about going structural here on this channel how to go structural, what that looks like. Um, but basically, it, it involves, instead of focusing on these uh, concepts rigidly, like, you know, for instance, a good example is like, if you uh, hear the concept, become present, you know, like, we should become present, this is why, and all this other stuff. You could focus on that rigidly and go, oh, you're not present, you're asleep, become present now, you're you're a bad person, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, rather than taking it as a general understanding, focusing on the aspects of that and going, oh, that's why. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So it's not about not focusing on the particulars, because I focus on particulars, but I do so in a very uh, structural kind of way. It's all about fitting aspects into the whole picture. 
where what most people do, most most parties, even some science, even a lot of science actually does this to a certain extent, does is focuses on the aspects over the entire spectrum, over the bigger, the whole, basically, over the entire spectrum, over the, over the bigger picture. And that's causing you problems. It's causing you biases. It's causing you a lot of judgments. And you don't just do this with politics. You do this with judgments. Like, this person should this, should, this person should do the dishes in this way instead of that way, you know, that kind of thing. That's what it is. It's focusing on particulars. And I understand why this is happening because I've done this piece myself. And I'm not saying that you're bad for doing this. I'm saying become aware of what this is doing to your life. Become aware of how this is making you less uh, compassionate, less ju- more judgmental, creates more suffering, creates more or less inf- in, in empathy, and less understanding between people. That's what it does, ultimately. So, I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, I could really go on for hours on this one, because there's a lot to kind of deconstruct, but I think I'll leave it for there, or I think I'll leave it there for now, um, and, uh, hope you all enjoyed this one, this is a very deep episode, this is a deep topic, I've been wanting to kind of go into these value systems for a long time now, uh, I, I wanted to do a, a book review of The Righteous Mind, but I never really did it for some reason, but, yeah, so, Try not to focus too much on the particulars over the big picture, over the uh, entire thing. Um, so, like, you know, an example you know, might be... And I'm not saying that the uh, particulars aren't important. They can be important. But only in the context of the whole. Like, if you only focus on the big picture, or on, on the... Um, I mean, you can do that too, where you only focus on the big picture and not go into aspects, and that causes you to generalize and make blanket statements sometimes, and that's not helpful for other reasons. But if you only focus on the particulars, the content, you fail to see how it connects to the whole. And so you fail to see how everything is interdependent, and that's what we're dealing with right now. So it's all going, kind of going in like a circle here. This whole, this whole thing is a circle jerk where people are just going, you're right and you're wrong and you're right and he's wrong and she's right and they're wrong. And it's like, you know, maybe we should stop focusing on these particulars. You know, we can, we can talk about them, but like in this, in the specific subject of like, of the entire whole, that's what's missing. And that's what you think, I, that's what I think you need to almost have to do in order to kind of be more stage red because you or stage yellow sorry not stage red because the first tier is concerned with particulars like oh you should be moral you should go to church every day you should pray every day you should uh, not be sinful the concepts make sense if you're placing it in the value of the whole to a certain extent but if you focus too much on these particulars you create more divides create less unity, which is not what Jesus taught, by the way. And you never learn from it. You never grow. You become stuck 
and you lose sight of what's really important about these particulars in the first place. Because the particulars are important, but they're not exclusively important. They're only important because of the whole itself. Like, if you focus on a specific sin, like judgment, if you focus on something bad, like that people do, like uh, murder, exclusively, you won't understand what causes murder. You'll just be judging it, and you'll be going, no, this is wrong, this is bad, this should not be happening, you are bad for murdering, this kind of thing. And that's not helpful for you. It doesn't help you at all. I mean, I get the response. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that it's wrong, um, but it's not helping you understand murder. And once you understand murder and anything, really, you can, you can love it. You can, you can have compassion for it. I mean, after all, isn't that what Jesus taught? Compassion for everyone, even those you might disagree with, especially those you disagree with. I don't ever remember in the Bible where it said that Jesus did not love those who were crucifying him. I don't remember that anywhere. Um, And if you don't believe in Jesus, it's fine. But tell me something. Um, what's, What's the best action? Is it to be focusing on particulars and judging people for that? What does that do? What does that do to you? What does that do when people find out that you do this to them? Does that make them more compassionate, understanding, empathetic? Or does that that make them not like you more? That's that's what it's all about. So, anyways. I know this is a very uh, long episode, so... I'll talk to the next one. Whenever that is.